Welcome back to Screen Time. I'm Ro Khan. I'm Richard Roper. Today we're going to be talking about a number of different things, including the introduction of a new feature called the Thursday Three. For the Thursday Three, we're going to be hearing audio from some of the funniest, some of the most interesting, and sometimes some of the most poignant moments of the week. We're also going to be paying tribute to some legends who have recently left us. And also, it's been a long time coming. I think it might be a long time gone. Uh, that's my David Crosby segue. <laughs> We're going to talk about uh, the concert experience in 2021 and beyond. And there's a feud going on in the music world, Rokan. All kinds of madness. And we'll do that. But first, let me remind you, Screen Time with Rowan Rober is brought to you by AmericanEagle.com. The digital landscape is changing rapidly, and to compete in today's business environment, you need an experienced partner. Since 1995, AmericanEagle.com has partnered with companies of all sizes, offering web design, development, e-commerce, mobile apps, and digital marketing that drives your overall business success. Because they believe today's online world is your opportunity. Get started at AmericanEagle.com. So when I was watching The Weeknd over The Weeknd, Rokan, uh, he was the uh, featured act at the Super Bowl, and I thought it was actually a, a pretty cool performance. There's always going to be a lot of haters no matter who's out there, but I was thinking about the state of music because that was, in essence, a live concert. There were 22,000 people in the stands for the Tampa Bay uh, Kansas City Chiefs Super Bowl and, of course, tens of millions watching at home, but we really don't get the concert experience. We haven't had the concert experience all of last year after March was wiped out. And it looks like most of this year, we're not really seeing the return of live music, unfortunately, yet. I have a sense that people are going to go back to concerts sooner than we think. Just look at Tampa over the weekend yeah. for the Super Bowl. Those nightclubs, the streets, everything was filled. People who go to concerts are wanting to have a good time, and they're going to go out regardless of COVID. And, of course, the biggest concerts are almost claustrophobic in their, you know, they're tightly packed. Even if, even if you're seeing an act in Wembley or at Soldier Field or at Yankee Stadium and there's 50 or 60,000 people, you know, you're kind of on top of each other. Now, there have been a few concerts. I'm going to use the term loosely in the one I'm about to talk about. As you might recall, Mar-a-Lago had a concert, <laughs> a New Year's Eve concert, and I believe um, Vanilla Ice. Yeah. Performed, And you know, the great thing about the Vanilla Ice concert is it's exactly seven minutes long because that's the extended version of Ice Ice Baby. And that's pretty <laughs> much it. So, you know, we've seen that. There have been a, country, a couple of country music concerts, some, you know, here and there. And, and you know, either they're ignoring uh, rules or trying to flaunt the rules. But overall, we're still not seeing the concert experience. The last concert I saw, I might have been the last concert you saw, was the Rolling Stones at Soldier Field. And that was the summer of... 2019 right. actually yeah. we did not know at the time of course that that might be one of the last concerts we ever saw at least for for the foreseeable future the rolling stones ran through our town back in 1979 and i thought that was the last time anybody was going to be able to see him live we, here's here's the thing too some of the acts that we like you know you never you know <laughs> if they're gonna be there the next time around now the rolling stones are unbelievable i want to see what their medical plan looks like uh, yeah, well, the Who have been on a retirement tour for 50 years now. Frank Sinatra famously did that. He quit like in 53. Well, there's a lot of Jurassic Rock acts that are now as old as Sinatra was when he oh, yeah, was making yeah. his the kind of farewell tour. Well, the kind of cool thing, too, though, of course, musicians obviously are very creative. And, you know, a lot of the recording they do, Ro, as you very well know, they're not always in the same studio or in the same room together anyway. Different parts of a song are played in different places. And we've seen these incredible kind of remote performances by 
all different sorts of bands, hip-hop acts, uh, orchestras even playing together where the, the Zoom screen is 128 little tiny squares. And they sound incredible because they're doing it all through headphones as long as you don't have like the, that one-second gap, which the would warble. be a big problem. Uh, and I know I've talked to you about this. Uh, Modern English that famously did Melt With You. That was the famous song from Valley Girl, one of the great uh, kind of, you know, uh, mod rock hits of the 80s. So Modern English now would be ye old English. You know, the guys are all... <laughs> probably 70 but they sound incredible and it's really cool to see them in their various homes with their record collections and guitars and stuff in the background while they're playing this iconic song it's amazing how good they still sound and when you watch the video uh they're uh they got some age on them, as I guess we all do now. If you go back into the not-so-recent past, even though it seems like years and years and years ago, last spring, when you started to see some of those charity online concerts, and you'd see performers performing from home, and if they were in studios, they sounded really, really great. But if they were on their laptops, it'd get a little warbly and weird and all the stuff that we see in Zoom meetings when we're at home just trying to deal with our own business. But now, I think, a year into this, we all want something a little bit better. Yeah, and it's the same way with people at home. They've perfected their own Zoom systems. People are adding little speakers or getting better headphones because they're realizing and have realized this is not going to be a temporary thing. And I think even whenever it subsides and we go pretty much back to normal, people are still going to be spending a lot of time at virtual meetings and working from home because they found that it's more efficient and we're going to get our entertainment that way. And on that same vein, in that same note, if you will, Rokan, because we're talking about music, SNL, Saturday Night Live, has come back with new shows. And, of course, they famously always have the musical act. It's always great when the host, especially if it's like Morgan Freeman and he has to introduce, you know, the Red Hot Chili Peppers or something like that. And uh, <laughs> last week, uh, the musical guest was Phoebe Bridgers, 20-something uh, musician. She's had a couple of big hits. There's big kerfuffle arose because at the end of her second number, she smashed her guitar on, on an amp. And then everybody went crazy about this on Twitter. Some people were like, how could you ruin a perfectly good guitar? That could have paid for music lessons for the underprivileged. And other people were like, oh, you know, that was a stunt. It turns out that, A, that was a fake monitor that was set up just for that. And Mm -hmm. she had actually called the guitar company and they said, you know, good luck with that because that's a really well-made guitar. So it didn't break that well. Then someone on Twitter asked David Crosby, the 79-year-old legendary from singer, songwriter from The Birds and Crosby, Stills, Nash, et cetera. What did you think about that? And he wrote, pathetic. And then everybody started jumping back and forth. And, and, you know, it was pointed out that guitars have been smashed. Pete Townsend of The Who did it famously. Jimi Hendrix would light his guitar on fire. Right. right. Well, can I just go back to Pete Townsend for a moment? Yeah. That was a signature coda yes. of a Who concert. You knew it was over after the second, third, fourth, or fifth encore because he would take his guitar, smash it in the ground, break the neck off, yeah. throw it through the drum kit. Often Keith Moon would destroy the exactly. drum kit. Yeah. That's part of the act. And trust me, all of the manufacturers were more than happy sure. to replace all of those all the way along on the tour. Yeah, and, and Kurt Cobain then picked it up at the grunge rock in the early 90s. He was smashing guitars. A Kiss made it a part of their act, but they're so phony, they actually had, like, breakaway guitars made so that they would kind of break and they could put them back together because you know how, how cheap those guys are. They, 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 they merchandise everything. <laughs> right. They save everything. So, first of all, it's not a new gimmick, but no. I'll give Phoebe Bridgers credit because we're talking about her. Everybody's been talking about her. And then she called David Crosby a little bitch. 
<laughs> just kind of like, okay, <laughs> he's you know. not a hundred percent wrong. I mean, he is. He's he's a prickly little guy. Well, the documentary from a few years ago with David Crosby, he, he even acknowledged nobody talks to him anymore. You know, he he alienated everybody, including Graham Nash, who's the loveliest person to ever grace the musical landscape. Yes. Just the nicest, sweetest, warmest man. And even he was like, you know, I tried like seven times. You know, he's just given up on on David Crosby now. So now David Crosby, I think David Crosby. And Phoebe Bridgers should get together and do a duet of like you've lost that love and feeling, or maybe a Crosby Stills and Nash song. Would that be nice? Or he could donate his DNA somewhere. Well, yeah. he's done that. Famously. He has done that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have a David Crosby story. I was at a charity event more than a decade ago, and it was at a very small venue. High priced deal, okay. raising money for people who need heart transplants but can't afford them. Really cool event. Sitting. In the front row was a business executive who had the money to spend to try to help. And he gets on his phone. He's literally looking at his phone and he's mm. he's playing with it and is he returning a text or whatever it was. David Crosby lost his shit. Stopped his performance right there. Looked at the guy, started mouthing at him about, you know, if you want to do that, you gotta leave the room, you gotta do this. The guy wasn't like talking on his phone, he was just staring at his phone. Mm. But he would have nothing of it, and he said he was not going to continue unless that man left. Nice. The organizers are like, whoa, 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 I got, I, uh, you know, this is like a big time dude. Yeah. But he was gracious about it and got, you know, got up and went to the back of the room. There was no way David Crosby was going to know. But it was just one of those moments oh, where you're like, everyone's a little uncomfortable. Yeah. Like, I get it. And, you know, God bless David Crosby for coming in. I don't know what they were paying him or he did it gratis because it was a really lovely charity. But whatever the case was, it's like, okay. At some point, I understand the guy's making noise. It's getting in your way. Fine. But you can look at the other people who are really adoring you in the crowd to get that energy. I'm David Crosby there. I keep playing and kind of walk down the stairs and start just approaching the guy (laughs) until he looks up and sees David Crosby standing above him singing Almost Cut My Hair. I'm not 100% sure that he has that dexterity. Okay. Coming up in 30 seconds, we see dead people plus the premiere of the Thursday Three. I'm Bob Burke, founder and chairman of Burke America Parts Group, a family of brands that includes RepairClinic.com, an appliance and HVAC parts solution company that's grown into an international brand. Before AmericanEagle.com, we partially launched a new technology platform developed by another firm. American Eagle helped take our technology to a whole new level with digital marketing, software development, and business insights into our key markets, appliances, HVAC, and outdoor power equipment, and did so both on time and on budget. AmericanEagle.com has the resources, experience, and talent needed to produce solutions. Our new technology platform developed by AmericanEagle.com has produced tremendous results with higher traffic, conversion, engagement, and online revenue. If you have any home repairs you need to take care of, check us out at RepairClinic.com. If you need a world-class website or technology project, then I would highly recommend AmericanEagle.com. Call AmericanEagle.com at 773-NETWORK. That's AmericanEagle.com, 773-NETWORK. Even the oldest people in America grew up in the media age. Mm. So they always had a screen that they were going to or that they bought, they sat in front of, or now they hold in their hands. As a result, we have communally connected with thousands of actors and media personalities. And now that many of them are in their 90s, we're losing them every day. And because we see them every week or every day, they're kind of like family. Most of them actually were working before most of us were even born. And you mentioned, I mean, 
you know, the graceful, gracious, and lovely thing about this is we're talking about stars who all lived into their 90s, but it's still a very sad thing because we feel like we know them so well when they pass. And in our mind's eye, they're forever young. Yes, exactly so, because we get to see them, you know, in their glory days, in their beautiful youths when they were movie stars or TV stars or memories of them on stage. Uh, we lost Cloris Leachman recently, and of course, I have to read this to you. I'm not going to name the the author of this obit row because I think that's unnecessarily going out of the way, but I have to say something. Whoever wrote the headline, here's what the headline says. Cloris Leachman, star of Mary Tyler Moore and Dancing with the Stars. Oh, God. Dies at 94. I'm not making this up. And they even mentioned um, she remains the oldest person to have competed on the ABC show, finished seventh in her year. And I want to say, who gives a shit? <laughs> she was an amazing actress, an amazing woman. Yes, you're going to, of course, mention Mary Tyler Moore in the show and then the spinoff called Phyllis. It was a memorable character. She won a lot of Emmys. She also won the Academy Award for Best Supporting Actress for the last picture show, classic film by Peter Bogdanovich. Uh, if people haven't a chance to see that, you got to watch it. And she plays Ruth Popper. She's an older woman who has an affair with a younger man in this Texas town. The movie was made in the early 70s, but set a generation before that in a, in a dying town with the last picture show. A beautiful performance. So let's let's try to remember that ahead of the seventh place finish on Dancing with the Stars. And one of the top ten comedies of all time, Mel Brooks's Young Frankenstein. I am Frau Blucher. <laughs> Steady! Uh, how do you do? I am Dr. Frankenstein. This is my assistant, Inga. May I present Frau Blucher? I wonder what's got into them. Your rooms have been prepared, Herr Doctor. If you will follow me. Igor, uh, would you bring the bags as soon as you're finished, please? Yes, Master. After you, Frau Blucher. And this might have slid under some of the radar because of all the news of the last week, but Hal Holbrook has also passed away. The great Hal Holbrook, uh, one of his most famous roles was All in the Shadows. He played Deep Throat in All the President's Men and really was kind of the, you know, the MacGuffin, as they say, of the movie, the thing that kept it, you know, the story driving and going along was Deep Throat meeting with Robert Redford's Bob Woodward in garages, parking garages in Washington, D.C. Hal Holbrook, oh, he, he, he played so many senators and fathers and then grandfathers and sometimes great-grandfathers. It's almost hard to remember when he wasn't a, a, an avuncular figure, but Hal Holbrook, maybe most famously wrote, played Mark Twain in a one-man show and I always found this fascinating. He started doing this when he was in his 20s. So he had to do all this extensive makeup. As he got older, he needed less and less makeup until he finally didn't need any makeup at all other than, you know, kind of the mustache and the, the, the wardrobe and everything because he was the age of, a, of an elderly Mark Twain. He actually played Mark Twain for almost as many years as Mark Twain was alive. Incredible. If your mind's eye doesn't immediately go to who he is, just Google him, and mm. you'll be like, I've seen him in a billion things. Yeah, he always worked. You know, he was one of the, he was a working actor. He was a big star at times, but he wasn't he wasn't the kind of actor who would wait for the showcase role. If it was a good guest starring uh, role on a television show, if it was a made for TV movie, if it was a big feature film, if it was on stage work, Hell Holbrook, if he was if he thought he was right for the role, he would show up and always be good, always make everything he was in better. And then we lost a legend, Cicely Tyson. 
Cicely Tyson was an absolute uh, groundbreaking pioneer when she started coming up in films in the early 70s. It was right around the time we were starting to see black actors get lead performances. And she did such beautiful work, whether it was television movies, the autobiography of Miss Jane Pittman. And if people haven't had a chance to see what I think might be her best performance, you have to check out a film called Sounder from 1972. Beautiful film. Cicely Tyson and the great Paul Winfield. In the early 70s, we didn't see a lot of love stories starring black leads, and they are just absolutely poetic together. And going back to the autobiography of Miss Jane Pittman, that's a movie about a girl who grows up a slave and lives over 100 years. So you see her from the 1850s to the 1960s. It's more than a story about a human. It's a story about the entire century of American history. Kind of movie that 100 years from now, people will still be watching to see what life was like in the 19th and 20th century. A great, great uh, climactic moment when she takes a drink of water from a fountain in a certain setting that's just absolutely resonant and powerful. And as you say, this will live on forever. Uh, and just everybody loved Cicely Tyson. You know, the, the tributes pouring in were from everyone, from Bill Clinton and Barack Obama to anybody that ever worked with her. They just talked about, you know, the elegance and class of Cicely Tyson. Totally agree. If you want to see Cicely Tyson, something completely different, she's in a movie with Sammy Davis Jr. called A Man Called Adam from 1966. It's unlike any film you will ever see starring those two stars. It's kind of low budget, it's black and white, it's gritty, and the performances are out of this world. A Man Called Adam, TCM just ran it. It's probably on their app. Check it out. And finally, Ro, I want to mention that we lost uh, Christopher Plummer. Interesting thing, too, I think everybody thought of him as a British actor. He was actually born in Canada and then eventually did make his way across the pond for various stage productions because he was a brilliant stage actor. Some people who have seen him do various Shakespearean performances say, it's the best Yago I've ever seen, things like that. <laughs> and then, of course, The Sound of Music is what put him on the map. He did not like that movie. He called it The Sound of Mucus all the time. He <laughs> found it to be kind of you know this triacly corny thing, but it made him an international star and started a lifelong friendship with Julie Andrews. There was a recent interview not that long ago where he talked about how, you know, gosh, maybe they should have had a romance. And she said, yeah, but then we wouldn't have been friends for 50 years because it would have lasted a while and flamed out. And he just, another one, kept working, Ro. He was so great as Mike Wallace in a movie called The Insider. He doesn't really look like Mike Wallace, but he completely captured him. Do me a favor, will you spare me? For God's sake, get in the real world. What do you think? I'm going to resign in protest to force it on the air? The answer is no. I don't plan to spend the end of my days wandering in the wilderness of national public radio. And in one of his final performances, Knives Out, he steals the show as the dead guy. It's amazing. Uh, that probably introduced him to a whole new generation or at least reacquainted him to a lot of fans. Such a great film. That's one of those movies where you can just tell they had so much fun making it. Everybody in that cast. And he primarily uh, was on screen with Ana de Armas, who's an upcoming Big, big star. You know, she's already done some great performances. She's in the uh, the new Bond movie, which one day will come to theaters. <laughs> we'll and, let you know. And they just had such a great rapport together. And now we introduce our newest feature, even though this is only our third episode, The Thursday Three. Yep, The Thursday Three, where we're going to talk about some of the newsmakers and movers and shakers of the last week and uh, some viral videos and audios and people who just gave us really good sound bites that we could talk about. And this is us stealing from our radio show. Yes. Too, so I like that very much. Sure. Okay, so checking in at number three. The new documentary, Framing Britney Spears. Fans are up in arms 
over footage in which she was raked over the coals by Diane Sawyer, Matt Lauer, Jay Leno, all in different interviews. But then there was Craig Ferguson from CBS, who at the height of the firestorm was willing to defend her. And it looks to me a little bit that Britney Spears has a similar problem going on with alcohol. This woman has two kids. She's 25 years old. She's a baby herself. She's a baby, you know. And the thing is, you can embarrass somebody to death. It's embarrassing to admit you're an alcoholic. Pretty powerful stuff there from Craig Ferguson. And by the way, if you, if you go to suntimes.com, you can get my review of Framing Britney Spears, the documentary. It's a fascinating look. You know, back in the 2000s when she was going through all this craziness and having these you know, public breakdowns, there was a different mentality. You know, almost everybody in the media, they were making jokes. Family Feud had a category one time, what has Britney Spears lost this year? And the answers were like her mind, her husband, her hair, and everybody was cracking up. And that's why it was you know, pretty cool to see this video from 15 years ago where Craig Ferguson points out that she was 25 years old and she was a mother and she was going through problems. We have evolved, I think, as a media, as a culture, sometimes in the right way. <laughs> well, uh, there's also a great clip in the documentary where Anderson Cooper and Larry King are on CNN. Larry King tosses to Anderson Cooper, what's coming up on your show tonight, right? And Michael Moore was the guest on with Larry King. So Anderson Cooper comes on and he says, we're going to be looking at the latest with Britney Spears. She had had a big meltdown with the paparazzi. And Michael Moore jumps in and he goes, here's an idea. Why don't you leave her alone? And it's just great TV. And Larry's like, yeah, what about that, Anderson? Why don't you leave her alone? And Anderson's like, oh, we don't really report on her that much. So uh, it's fascinating stuff. And this documentary is really kind of really a fascinating look at her life because she still doesn't have control over her life. Her father has that stewardship, so to speak, legally over her work and pretty much almost everything she does. Checking in at number two. During a Zoom virtual court session for the 394th District of Texas, I hope that's the last one of those districts. <laughs> a lawyer accidentally turned on a cat-themed video filter and couldn't figure out how to turn it off, and the video has gone instantly viral. Mr. Ponton, I believe you have a filter turned on in the video settings. Uh, you might want to uh, uh, take, take we're a We're trying look. to, we're tr can you hear me, Judge? I can hear you. I think it's a filter. It, in the it is, and I don't know how to remove it. I've got my assistant here. She's trying to, but uh, I'm prepared to go forward with it. That's I'm here live. It's not. I'm not a cat. Oh man, I, I give the, the the judge all the credit in the world for keeping a straight face and a, and decorum. You know, the thing about that, too, is, you know, I don't think most of us are tuning in to see what's happening in the 394th district in the great state of Texas. But you just know that's going to get out there, even if they all said, like, hey, listen, this is a serious court matter. That was a, a blunder. <laughs> Let's make sure no one hits sent. By then, if there were 12 people in on that meeting, nine had already sent it to their friends by that moment. Right. There are no secrets no. in the year 2021. Keep your pants on, too, by the way, folks, if you're doing those uh, Zoom meetings, because if you don't, you're going to get busted. And finally, number one, founding member of the Supremes, Mary Wilson has died. Mary Wilson, along with Diana Ross, Betty McGlown, and Florence Ballard, broke old stereotypes and quite literally, the sound of American music. They were the first Motown act to cross over with white audiences and scored 12 number one hits. 
making the Supremes the best charting female group in American history. She was quoted in 2019 as saying her whole life was a dream. If I were not a Supreme, I would have dreamt of being one. Mary Wilson was 76. does it for this episode of Screen Time with Rowan Roper. What's coming up next? Next week, Rokan, we're going to look at the 30th anniversary of the theatrical release of one of the greatest films of all time, The Silence of the Lambs. That's right, it came out 30 years ago, and of course, there have been so many spinoffs and prequels and iterations, including the new CBS series Clarice. We'll talk all about that. I've got so many fascinating things to share with the listeners, Ro. In fact, how about this? In the original script, it was not fava beans and a nice Chianti. It was something else that Dr. Lecter drank, but you'll have to tune in next week to find out what it was. Oh, I like that. The Rowan Rover Podcast is brought to you by AmericanEagle.com Studios. AmericanEagle.com is a full-service global digital agency providing best-in-class web design, development, hosting, and digital marketing services. Visit AmericanEagle.com for all the information. And before you go, don't forget to subscribe to us, rate us, and tell all your friends. Screen Time executive producers are Renee Nelson and Tim Elenius. Our musical director, Brian Alzheimer. See you next time.